the 60s, 70s, and beginning of the 80s. That's where that was the main hub yeah. of playing national team games yeah, for yeah. US. It was, so yeah. there was a there's a lot of history within that. I mean, in 1950s, the, the, there's like four guys from San Luis knowing in the World Cup now the US soccer playing in a, in a national team and playing. There's two guys from that's that's not common and. But there's been history, but the problem is there was nothing that could shine that history, which what it makes it is a, it's a first team, it's a professional team. And I think that's where it comes to now, you know, now the the, the, the state and the city gets more to be seen about it, talk yeah. about it in other states, and before that becomes attractive as well, before maybe people didn't want to go to San Right. But now right. it's like, oh, there's something there, what's going on over there? So... Uh, I think that's the the, the the things that bring out together the community and the community is super like intense in terms of now you know I, I it's just with the deposits with the stadium it was already sold everything in the first two years and yeah. then it's like if you want to get tickets it's it's gone <laughs> so it's uh, it tells you how how much how hunger they were about you know bringing a professional setup into the area right All right, guys, we're here at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. This is episode 42 of the Footy Pod, and our first guest is Luis Swisher. And he is an academy coach at St. Louis City, brand-new MLS side that is entering the MLS this next year. But your academy teams have been going for, this is your second year now? Uh, yes, this is our second, uh, half of the season of our second year, yeah. Very good. So why don't you just kind of fill us in on, how things have been going you know obviously it's it's a it's a it's a different challenge coming into a brand new mls academy and and trying to build things from the ground up but it seems like i I had a chance to to visit the st louis city stadium when i was in st louis recently for the ecnl showcase it looks like they've really put together a nice venue and 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 they're going to get a nice community around the club as well so why don't you just tell us kind of how things have been going and and your background in soccer as well. Well, thank you, Sean, for the invitation. So this is my second year with uh-huh. the club. Um, like you said, right, it's a it's a unique uh, setup in downtown. Uh, obviously, MLS requires in kind of you know, having a stadium and a facility is the first facility connected in the same spot and uh, in a unique setup with a tunnel connects the training facility with the with the stadium so um like you mentioned we started like everything i mean we're new uh this is our first year with the first team there's a there's a lot of buzzing going around especially in this week the first team started with their medicals and uh their first training was yesterday and you know it's interesting to see you know we moved to the facility uh late october and, you know, having 10, 15, 20 people around during the next two months. And then suddenly this year we start over and there's like, it's super crowded with players, with more staff, uh, more media, more. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's going, it's starting and then everyone is like, yeah, you know, like the super doors are excited. Open. Exactly. Super yeah. excited. Now, within the academy setup uh, as well, I think it was a good process for us to start with the foundation of the first teams, we started with the first year only with 60s and 70s. And as we went on, we kind of started this year uh, filling out the structure of the academy. And now, finally, the first team was the one that was missing. Now we have a full path and a full uh, 
uh, in terms of uh, every team and in the levels that we have. So we have in the U14s, we have, uh, it was established this year after the 60s and 70s, like a satellite program. We don't, we don't still coach them. There's a coach specifically for them, but the, the players still are in their clubs. What we do is just bring them to our environment so when they get started in the 50s, it's, a new, it's nothing new for them, but it's it's new new team for them, but it's also having a, a, a kind of a little bit of information on how it's going to look. And it also obviously takes you as a little bit of recruiting, and even though we know the players that are in the area, but it gives you a little opportunity to those players start experiencing it without not being yet in the club, right? right because right. they still belong to the local academies, in the um, in the region, and then we our full path starts 15s, 16s, 17s. Uh, we add the, the 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 50s this year as well, and then the 21s. And then la- this year in January we had our next pro, which is like our under 23 second team. And, uh, and that, are that you was in that that, that, that was well? our like our pro team for uh-huh. a year yeah. uh, because there was no obviously first team, so. Uh, until this year started with the with the with the full structure. I, I'm a head coach of the 21s. Okay. Um, I do help. Obviously, there's a connection with the 23s. Uh, especially now, there's going to be more connection with that. Before last year, I was coaching the 17s. So then the next pro came over, but there was a little bit of a gap there. So we decided to put 21s. I moved to the 21s, and there's a new coach as well because most of the staff of the next pro team moved to the first team. And uh, which Bradley Carnell, which is our head coach, was involved already for even having a team already involved with the second team. And we had, uh, I would say, a a small group of guys that were pros in that team that they were preparing them for to get them into as well, to not be having experience. And that's why we were successful uh, getting our first year next pro to go to all the way to the final, right, and be in the Western Champions. Yeah, so... Um, like I said, now there's a, a full path, um, and yeah, and excited for you know being part of the organization. Already, being, you know, I was one of the, I would say, the first ten coaches hired in the, in the process, right? Uh, so it's it's a unique experience having going through it. everything yeah. exactly. So uh, excited as well because the uh, first year we had a player in the 70s, Caden Glover, who he was 15, where he was playing with us in the 70s. Uh, coming via another club, Gallagher, uh, and uh, he's our first homegrown who was just released a couple of days. So it's excited to see, you know, that there it's it's happening, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then a little bit of my background. I've been five, like I said, five years in San Luis. Um, I'm originally from from Guatemala. Um, I've been in the states for ten years. Five years established in San Luis. Worked with San Luis FC slash Gallagher. Uh, for three years, I was um, kind of in the same boat, doing the same thing. U19, I was a U19 head coach. I was the link to the first team with players moving up and down. And obviously, we're a USL championship uh, when we had it. And uh, and I was a director of coaching. And prior to that, via that, I came via Colorado. I was two years in Colorado working for a USL2 team. Uh, and they have a youth structure as well. Uh, worked there as a director more of zone one with younger ages, and um, and then before that, uh, three years in in two years in Red Bull, uh, work in the training program. So that's how I started here in the states. I started from the bottom, uh, not knowing anyone. 
Now we're here. Uh, I just got, I just got, you know, hey, where where I can coach, and yeah. that's it. Obviously, uh, started in Red Bull, worked with them two years and a half, then moved to Cedar Stars for a year in academy setup uh, with their four teams. Uh, yeah, that's been my path here in the states. That was in 2013. I'm going to be 10 years. Uh, before that, I was like I said in Guatemala. I was playing professionally. Played 16 years professionally. And you played for the uh, national team. I played 10 years over a span of 10 years in the national team. And then my last four years of my career, I was combining as a part-time. Uh, I was also finishing my master in business, and I had to do a thesis on. And my thesis was building a club, so I started building my own, like a soccer school. Um, and I built my own club for, I had it for three years and a half. I had to close it and shut it down, obviously, because then I, I got a job uh, moving up to, to the States. Uh, I always was intrigued about how things were doing, they were here. And then I decided to move up and say, you know what, this is where I'm staying. I mean, there's a lot of growth and a lot of opportunities. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, digging and working hard to get to the point where I am. I mean, even in back in my country, it's like, people is like, oh, you know, it looks easier, but it's not easier. It's a it's a 10-year, like I said, of, you know, a lot of uh, a hard work. And one thing has bring, brought me to the other one, which is good. Um, and, yeah, that's been, I've uh, been involved in the in the industry for all my life, right, since I started playing and then from transition from a professional player to a to a soccer coach that's awesome man and, and it really is a lifelong you know journey and and grind you know you just got to keep climbing that ladder I think from your story a couple things stuck out to me number one with what you're doing with St. Louis it seems like the way that they kind of um, built it is a bit unique in in regards to or in comparison to other MLS clubs in that you started with the academy mm-hmm. And now you're implementing the MLS team. Obviously, that was always part of the plan. But I think just, I guess, from what I've seen, it's like any MLS academy that has, that has come about always came from the first team first, initially. So are there any other clubs that come to mind that, that you uh, notice where they started the, the academy the first? La- latest franchise, I think it, they kind of started Nashville, Charlotte, a little bit like that as uh-huh. well. Austin as well. They they always put their put the feet on the water yeah. for one or years with their academy, and it, and it makes sense. I mean, compared to the old uh, franchise with FC Dallas, you know, right. everyone that is in the past, it was already set a league, and then you have to build a structure down, which it makes sense. But for the new franchises coming into the MLS, they're starting it, there with is, the academy. There is a starting exactly because there is still a time where let's say you get uh, you get the the spot. Yeah. But you get it into three years. So building that foundation, it makes sense because it's easier. I would say it's easier for what the experience that we have for our players. For example, players that uh, we have even Roman Berkey coming to, to the first team already playing in our a few games in, uh, in next pro. But why is the reason? Because it's easier for him to adapt into mm-hmm. just coming in. Like there's a lot of players that they're going to experience that but it's going to be a less, less for them. So they get to know the city. They get to establish themselves, know what's going on. And it's easier to kind of get in, you know, the fit. and then for the younger ages, it is the same as, oh, you know, you're building a foundation in order to get them more excited. Like I said, the players are super, you know, buzzing because in two years, uh, if you go back, yeah, it was excitement because they were in city. 
but there was nothing. We have to rent fields, we have yeah. to do this, you have, and now everything is real. like connecting exactly. Yeah. Like even when we sit down with the players, it's like, you know, we, you know, kind of the feedback uh, in terms of things to, to improve and, and uh, the things that they like as well. It was interesting a couple of days, I was talking to a player and it was like, he just came to the environment six months ago. He was lucky to go inside now with the full mm. thing. Yeah. And he goes like, what I like, coach, this is a professional setup. Yeah. What do you, I mean, I didn't even have a dressing room and now <laughs> I have my own dressing room. This, this, could, this could be, and it's tricky, right? Because that's when it comes to the culture, creating a culture, creating that environment. But, but the players are already like, oh, shoot, we are treated as a professional even though we haven't even got to Yeah, they're getting close. that taste yeah, early. Yeah. Yeah, I would say is there, obviously with youth soccer and like coaches and clubs and stuff, there's always kind of like a negative energy around like players kind of leaving and going to another team or like coaches and clubs leaving. Was there any like, I guess, kind of bad vibes around St. Louis kind of getting a team with players maybe leaving clubs, going to kind of like the MLS next teams and the other youth teams you have? Or was the city pretty much just all aboard, like all excited? Well, uh, I mean, there's obviously there were local academies, right, yeah. um, which that that was going to happen oh, i mean sure. that that for sure in any if we ask charlotte if we ask nashville if we ask all the teams that they they're new with it you know there there's always a threat for those local academies but i think at the end it is they're part of it it's part of the sense of the community uh i mean i always think that there's no need of competing even though you're competing right mm -hmm. but it's more in terms of i mean if if let's say if i wouldn't have the chance to come to city I was in one of those academies. If I didn't have the chance, my goal with them be that collaborator will be because it's 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 a sense of feeling and belonging as well. Of if a they, player jumps like from one thing to, to the it. other one, you yeah. can good. Yeah, and I would yeah. say I, I, we have to give them credit because right. most of those players were developed in those clubs. We are just basically well. In my case, I've been working with this place for five years because yeah. I feel it that way because I was in a club where we get the most of amount of players. That usually come from to the to the program, but uh, but at the end it is you know it's a sense of belonging. I was talking to one of the coaches from from now our competitor, but it's a local club, and it's like oh he's excited even pump about you know That's having great. having a stadium. You know, it's, I was telling him yeah, I mean it's it's just about the 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 feeling. And the other club brought it up in a certain point when it was USL Championship. There was a lot of already in the community there was someone else who was doing it and now there's someone else who's doing it on a different scale uh -huh. and then it becomes like you know a sense of and I told them I had for example I didn't have to go to downtown now I'm every day in, down, in downtown yeah. Yeah. but it, it gives you to know places to get part of knowing restaurants for example knowing you know that that type of things that gives you more into the community and then the community around as well they feel like oh, oh we we have something here that we feel parted, and we got our first game, uh, official game in the in the stadium versus our second team versus Bayer Leverkusen, and and it was packed, and and it was like for people that is originally from San Luis, you know, coaches that I was to co-workers or you know former co-workers as well that they were like they f that feeling that can you imagine that we have this? Yeah. For me, it's different because I'm an outsider that came sure. five years ago, but sure. still, it is like. Uh, there was all these rumors that in 2015, 2016, they wanted to bring MLS to to the Lou. That was the the the, the famous thing about bringing it to San Luis, and it didn't happen. And it was a it was a big shocker for everyone that you know because people. Uh, I mean, uh, 
I'm telling you, I've been in the east side and the mountainside and now in the Midwest, and there's a lot of history within San Luis and uh, with soccer. With and I remember back, I have uh, an uncle back home that used to play professional as well, and he got the opportunity to play in San Luis because San Luis was in the old times in the 70s. That's where in the 60s, 70s. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In beginning of the 80s, that's where that was the main hub yeah. of playing national team games yeah, for yeah. US. It was, so yeah. there was a there's a lot of history within that. I mean, in 1950s, the, the there's like four guys from San Luis, knowing in the World Cup now the US soccer playing in a, in a national team and playing. There's two guys from that's that's not common. And but there's been history. But the problem is there was nothing that could shine that history which what it makes it is a it's a first team is a professional team and i think that's where it comes to now you know now the 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 state and the city gets more to be seen about having talk yeah. about it in other states and before that becomes attractive as well before maybe people didn't want to go to San Luis, right, but now right. it's like oh there's something there what's going on over there so uh, i think that's the the the, the things that bring out together the community and the community is super like uh, intense in terms of now you know I, I it's just with the deposits with the stadium it was already sold everything in the first two years and yeah. then it's like if you want to get tickets it's it's gone <laughs> so it's uh, it tells you how how much how hunger they were about you know bringing a professional setup into the area right that's amazing and and, and it kind of like builds off of the question I asked earlier your question I love that question because it, it is it is something that um, happens with you know let's just take our area for example Dallas right FC Dallas they were established they started their academy when I was a senior in high school I had a teammate go over there and right away it was almost like FC Dallas became the enemy to everybody mm-hmm. and it wasn't that sense of like um, um, belonging. like belonging, like like the, like the other clubs are contributing to FC Dallas's success. It was more, and it still feels this way, where FC Dallas is just trying to reap the rewards of everyone else's work, right? And so that that to me makes a lot of sense in the way that you guys have like established it and and built it from the academy up, but then also getting all the other clubs in the community on board first before you actually start, you know. And I think we have to give him a huge credit to our marketing media department as well because even though there was not a first team, there was a lot of uh, you know, putting emphasis into the into the community, putting emphasis to our academy, mm-hmm. putting emphasis to a lot of things to hey, we're coming, we're coming. So it's it, this is yours as well. And and like I said, the ownership group as well. There's a lot of, um, let's say, in terms of uh, inter- integrating everyone into when, I mean, we see our owner, like, hang out in the in, in our offices because we yeah. moved to the staff, the technical staff in the sporting department to the stadium. But, 
you know, being in meetings and hanging out with, you know, with anyone in the club. So that, that gives you right away those type of situations, gives you that, that sense of belonging, yeah. right? And like I said, the ownership group has done a lot of things to the community as well. And this is like the icing of the cake, right? That they're, oh, we're bringing you as well something that you were being asking for for a while. So they are super focused on that. And then, uh, you know, just going into the stadium, like it's the first stadium that I, I, I have ten that I'm gonna have now on a regular basis. That you see restaurants inside, as a, as a, you know, yeah. uh, local obviously, but branches that they're good restaurants. Like you, you know, you go usually for a hot dog or you go for a popcorn. You do have those things, but if you wanna get a good, let's say a good uh, volcanic. Which is one of the you know uh, Balkany treat box for to give an example is in one of the restaurants and chains inside. Oh. That when you're gonna get you know that type of uh, food yeah. inside that and there's plenty of that. That's just to name one. But you have all this different type of giving uh, the fan ex- the fan a different experience that they're normally used to getting in other stadiums. So there's a lot of commitment from like I said from other. Uh, parts of the organization um, with you know trying to be as uh, a lot of IT technical in terms of the technological inside the stadium that you can go to like if you're in a supermarket with your credit card and then you have an extra you just go there grab what you want and you go out which is starting to implement it in some supermarkets but you can see it in a stadium <laughs> for me that's yeah. that's that's like a next level of yeah. but that tells you as well how much commitment is to give that those type of because you as a fan you want to have that ex, the best experience that you possible that you can have so i think to make to make to just to you know making all that those connections how the club is working hard in order to give that um that experience yeah that's amazing i want to shift gears for a second real quick so i know that you're presenting on saturday mm-hmm. and the topic is basically implementing uh, certain foundations, the tactical principles within your club, mm-hmm. and you're presenting with, I believe it's the Philadelphia Union yeah. Academy uh, director. So, you know, obviously they're established, right? So they're coming at it from a different perspective, but you guys are starting from scratch, like fresh. And so, how does, I guess, your implementation of of the model that you want to build within the academy? differ from how they're implementing theirs yeah i mean uh i think we will talk about that but just to give a little bit of snap and 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 a picture of it it is you know uh when we decide to okay what do we talk about and try to give the opportunity to to present something uh i mean when they ask me as well when you come to these events i mean there's a lot of hunger from coaches as well to try to you know, uh, get what? What? What do I get? So it's hard in an hour to give something that you can go from a place and really. And I want to be honest with this to get a lot. So there was a lot of thought process in terms of okay, how can we still you go from that conversation and then get out? So the the what we're gonna show is our way basically uh, of established club versus a brand new club the process of my club versus the process of their club and then a little bit of like i said snap pieces of uh of uh of how is our process that they can oh this is a process that can be implemented even if you are u12 so 
Because why? Because we're different. I mean, my environment is different than a U10 in uh, another local club in the middle of Dallas. It's, mm. it's a totally different environment. So our resources, we do have the resources that are, that's facility, players, everything coaches and, and different than someone that is attending. So at least the process of how even it's harder for us in order, even that we have all the resources, and there is an ongoing process, and I was gonna, that's going to be the explanation of how we do it. And that could be kind of, not copy, but the process of, oh, you, you still need to work for that. And even though they're on an MLS organization, and I guess Philly Union will show us, well, another you know, piece of that. And then it kind of, you know, uh, make a unique experience with two clubs, right? And within you know, time frame of an hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah, well, it seems like you're in a great position to be able to implement a model because you are starting from scratch, right? Yeah. And so it's not that you have to, you know, um, redesign the wheel. Like, you get to basically create what you envision from a blank slate. So that must be exciting for you. It is, but there, it comes with some of the challenges, right? For example... As a, as a decision of the club, it is to have a unique identity within from, if you see a player on the U15, can he be seen as everything uh, the same as a U21, as the same as the first team? So, uh, yes, we have a coach that has his ideas, mm -hmm. and uh, this is when it comes to the professional levels, right? You never know when that coach is going to be changed. So the idea is to look the same, right? still look with pieces of what the first team because at the end you know even we tell the players we are here in the service of the first team why because we're developing you guys in order that you can get into that level we're helping you but we're helping the organization at the end is everything is channeled and funneled to the first team so why we want not one Caden Glover we want hopefully two yeah. or five <laughs> which is hard but we want more right mm -hmm. so how that player can get into that level with that and then it's like like you say yeah it's a blank and uh, you give you a blank page and now here it is work it there there was something given but still there's a challenge why because there is age characteristics there is a different way there is different players coming from different environments yeah, that they get into demographics things so like exactly, that culture, there's a lot yeah. of details and challenges that we still that's where it becomes super challenged yeah. even though it's a blank state the blank state is Okay, how do you want to look? This is how we want to look. You start from scratch. But then you have the challenges where, okay, first team coach wants to implement ideas, wants to get, and then you don't have any choice. You have to stay to under the umbrella and the decisions that, that the things that you have to do, which uh, we're trying to make it up. But how do we adapt it? Because the pro environment is a totally different story than the developmental side. Yes, we want to win. Yes, we want to look good. Yes, but... There's things to do. So our goal as a coaching staff within the younger ages all the way to the 23s, it is um, how can we implement, right, those ideas, the identity, and how can we make it work? Then when you see which, that's some of the examples that I'm going to show. I mean, it's like everywhere, but we're trying. It's like it doesn't happen every game, but that's our main goal in 10 years because I'm not going to say in the next year in 10 years or in 5 years that if you go watch a San Luis player um, they look the same it is the same identity and you go like you know it's kind of like if you see all the local 
uh, MLS clubs like Red Bulls, they have a they have a structure, they have an identity. All Red Bull wants to look the same, so we want to do the same. We want to be. We don't have any international, but we within the MLS we want to look the same. There are players, so I guess that's where it comes to building that identity. Which I'm saying it's not done. It's, an, it's a process, and we're trying. Uh, it is how the players is easier to identify and that sense of belonging to something that they have. And there's going to be challenges, like I said, the players that don't have those qualities into fit into style. How do we fit them so we don't lose players? So we right. don't lose. So that's our job, obviously, as coaches to retain uh, in the market. I think y'all are in a real exciting spot as well because obviously with how much the sport's kind of growing over here in the States, I think any kind of new club and has that, like, draw with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look kind of at, like, what Austin FC's done, how, like, they were probably founded, what, two years ago, three years ago maybe? And they're already, like, performing really well. The city's all behind them, and they're kind of loving it. And so I think that's definitely a huge benefit that you guys are going to have for sure. Just obviously just the fans coming from the start of it. Uh, the amount of players that are going to come through there coming and excited, you know? Is that something that you can kind of already start to see? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, and overall, like I said, it's there's uh, there's starting to happen all the pieces and all the mm-hmm. things that we're working on. There, there is... The, the, the main idea is get role in the first team, obviously, yeah. and we'll hopefully we can get, you know, some of that identity that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. But the, the academy players as well, and to your point, they've been in the process for a couple of years yeah. with a foundation of you know, even to a certain point, even having using the same vocabulary that we know mm-hmm. what it means for us. So we're starting to see pieces. It's not perfect, uh, but we're trying. And you can see it when you play other teams. They kind of know, oh, these guys play this way. So this is the way that they're playing. So they kind of, it gives them a heads up already, but it kind of gives you, okay, but, you know, there is already that feeling out, out there that the clubs know, oh, but that means you're starting to have an identity yeah. in what you do, yeah, right? So, absolutely. so that's 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 like I said, it should happen in all the clubs, and um, I guess there's a lot of that they, they do it right uh, with the different ways that they want to create that identity. But uh, that's the common trend, I guess, in world soccer, right? Yeah. And if you see Barcelona, if you see you know all the, the the teams that have been doing it in the past, now it's becoming more and more kind of finding that. Um, that way and that's exactly it like whatever your identity is your club has to have an identity and and it the earlier you can figure out that out the better and it sounds like you guys are putting all the right building blocks in place so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how it all develops i'm definitely going to be following and 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 keeping up with you guys and i would definitely love to just come and observe y'all's environment if the opportunity ever presents itself but i guess you know i don't want to hold you too long here but uh, i had one last question before before we, we, we let you go, you said you played in the Guatemala national team. Re- going back to our conversation about FC Dallas, there's one player in particular who's an FC Dallas legend that played Carlos for the Guatemala la- yeah. national team, Carlos Ruiz. Yeah. Did you play with him? Yeah. In fact, he's a, he's a good – I mean, I, it was a good buddy in the old days. Yeah. You see, as we have different paths, he still lives in Florida. Uh, we still are connected. He's – Used to be in the media a little bit with being sports, uh, working for for them, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's our. He's a great when player. People huh? ask me, I would say for me, this is just my opinion in terms of as uh, our the best player that we ever had. Really? Yeah. So we have all the players, but in terms of you know when you get that two things right, not only uh, the success that he had, 
the success that he had in in different countries, right? So obviously he had success. He was he left young as well, but uh, being able to have records, having record, being able to you know win championship in clubs, you know away. He won in Dallas uh, the Lamar Hunt Cup. He won he won in LA Galaxy the first the first championship for LA Galaxy MVP on the on his first yeah. year. Has the top scorer of MLS. I think he has the goal has of the decade. Significant for, goals yeah. as well. Yeah. That, you know, if you ask a player that can, you know, can score many bicycles, it's <laughs> like it's it's amazing how you know how he did it. He played in Europe. He's the only player from our country to play in the Europa League, and and so a lot of success. There were good players in our country, but the, with a lot of success, I mean, he's. He's definitely one, and he's in the top top list. He still he still brags about that. Uh, <laughs> he got uh, you about got even you. the record on the qualifying. So he's about, he's on top of Messi and Ronaldo. He always wow. in social media he, he keeps bragging about that, uh, which I'm not like that, but he likes to be like that. Yeah. But but for example, he has the so more goals in qualifying World Cup games. And oh, now wow. I don't think Messi is going to do another World Cup and yeah. I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo will do another qualifying. Might do a couple of, They but might still, they might because they Roberto might do, Martinez just got signed yeah, for Portugal. They might do, they, he was talking yeah, so about So there might be a chance that they in. catch him up. Yeah. So he's in first, he's in first. He has like uh 39 or something or 36 something like that. And then Messi and Ron, no, Ronaldo is on 32 yeah. and Messi is on 27. But obviously, even even Scaloni just came out and said that everyone, he might play another World Cup. Says, well, he scored versus the islands, yeah, but who, yeah, but yeah, they all count. It's like uh, Ronaldo scores uh, versus Malta with all respect, or versus Luxembourg or something like that. (laughs) So, but yeah, he's uh, definitely one of the best ones. Um, Like I said, I still have a good relation. In fact, we started in academy level together in a club, local club called Municipal. I I didn't get to play for that team, uh, which is funny. I did all the academy. And then my debut was in another academy team where they gave me the opportunity in the first team. But uh, he's, he was with me. I mean, he's one year younger than me, so we were in the same age level. Oh, gotcha, and, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in national team, we played together. Many, many successes. Also, many times we were not successful, and we had to cry it a little bit But uh, in terms of uh, getting beaten. But, uh, but, yeah, but, yeah. Love it, man. Well, but hey, he's a I, legend in Dallas for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they still yeah. talk about him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think we've really had another. Well, of course, we've had Ricardo Pepe and yeah. Jesus Ferrer recently, but there was a gap where we didn't really have an yeah. out and out like goal scorer like that. Yeah. But hey, Luis, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, Thanks no for problem. coming on. You know, sharing your 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 background, your experiences. Uh, like I said, we're definitely going to be keeping up with you, and um, good luck in your presentation and. And thank definitely you. We'll, we'll stay in touch. No, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity and excited to be here. Excited as well to be in the convention. And uh, hopefully, you know, that people comes and joins on Saturday just to give us Saturday at 3.30. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Luis. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.